So I found in two different college football preview magazines recently that some people apparently think South Carolina's running back room ranks in the bottom three for the conference. And I got a really big problem with that. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams, players, and coaches. I am your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and before I get into today's show, I would like to quickly thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So for today's show, I want to talk about something that I've got a really big bone to pick with, and that is the fact that South Carolina's running back room seems to be vastly underrated heading into the 2022 college football season. Now, for the first segment of today's show, as always, I like to be a man of context, so I'm going to talk about the losses, additions, and returners for the 2022 running back room for South Carolina. In the second segment of today's show, I will then introduce to y'all why I am very unhappy with a couple of different rankings that I found in both Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine and Lendy's Sports College Football Preview Magazine, and At the end of the show, I will talk about why I think this running back group is going to vastly exceed expectations. That is what we are going to be going over for today's show. Before I get into all of this, as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecocks sports coverage. Okay, so starting off with the makeup of the running back room, I'm going to talk about a couple of big losses that South Carolina does have from last year's roster. Starting off was a quandre. White, who had 88 carries for 583 rushing yards, 6.6 yards per carry, 202 receiving yards, and five total touchdowns by the end of last season. So Quandre White obviously really came on strong late last season and quite frankly was a big reason why the offense finally started to see some success later on and was a complete spark plug that helped the Gamecocks reach bowl eligibility, and that should not be lost on Gamecock fans when looking back on last season. You also have to counter in the fact that the Gamecocks have lost Kevin Harris, a absolute bulldozer of a running back who was a really big part of this offense for the last two seasons. Obviously, in 2020, during the COVID-19 pandemic season, when the Gamecocks played an all-SEC schedule then, Kevin Harris rushed for over, I believe, 1,100 or 1,200 rushing yards despite there being really no passing game to speak of. And again, the fact he was facing an SEC defense week in and week out. Last year, Kevin Harris had 152 carries for 660 rushing yards, far less than his totals from the year prior. He also averaged 4.3 yards per carry and only had four rushing touchdowns. Now, for the returners on this year's roster, we'll start off with Marshawn Lloyd. Now, Lloyd, of course, had 64 carries 
for 228 rushing yards and one touchdown last season. And that was coming off of an ACL tear that he suffered from fall camp the prior year. We also returned Juju McDowell, who is an absolute lightning rod of a running back. Someone who probably has legitimate 4-3 speed when he steps out onto the field and is always dangerous every time he touches the ball, can take it to the house on any given play. McDowell had 52 carries for 248 rushing yards and two touchdowns last season. And then we have a running back who hasn't been talked about as much as the others this offseason, myself included admittedly, but we have also Rashad Amos returning. Now Amos has 18 career carries for 99 rushing yards and all of that came back in the 2020 COVID season. But Amos has shown flashes both in his couple of sparse appearances he has had since joining the South Carolina Gamecocks and in the spring game from earlier this year. He runs with a lot of power and, in my opinion, has pretty decent ball carrier vision. So he is a running back that could be a viable option to go out on the field if needed. Now let's talk about the additions that this running back room has coming into this season. Starting off with the obvious one in Christian Beal Smith, a transfer running back from Wake Forest. Beal Smith has played in 43 career games up to this point, including 22 starts, and has 1,871 career rushing yards to his name to go along with 14 career rushing touchdowns. You've also got a counter in Love C.A. Carroll, who was ranked the 116th best prospect nationally and the 8th best running back in the 2021 recruiting class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. He is a Georgia transfer who played cornerback for the Bulldogs last season because Georgia's running back room was already so stacked, and Love C.A. Carroll showed so much athleticism and ability on the field when in practice that the Bulldogs had to try to find a way to get him on the field so they played him at cornerback in order to be able to do just that. And another player that I have not mentioned maybe as much in terms of the running back room for this next season that I will definitely be mentioning more from this point forward is Dante Miller, who's also nicknamed Little Turbo by his teammates and coaches. Now, he is a transfer from Columbia University. And if you followed me on my old podcast that I did before joining the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, then you will know that I had talked about him before as someone who is just like Juju McDowell. He is an absolute track star. There's been reports of him having legitimate 4.25 speed, which is absolutely insane no matter what level of football you play at. He has 257 career carries to his name for 1,261 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. So with all the players I just brought up, this is the overall roster makeup for the running back room this next season. Now, why is it that I have such issue with Phil Steele and Lendy's sports remarks regarding South Carolina's running back room? Well, I'll get into all of that in just one moment after a word from our friends at LinkedIn. Now, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create job posts in minutes to reach both your network specifically and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps 
you find the right people that fit the job description to a T. Using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job once again, all for free. Terms and conditions still apply. Okay, now let's get into the crux of why I'm making this video today. Let's talk about the rankings of South Carolina's running back room from Phil Steele and Lindy Sports. Starting off with Phil Steele. Now, Phil Steele ranked South Carolina's running back room as the third worst running back room in the SEC, ahead of only Missouri and Vanderbilt, saying that while South Carolina's running back room is not as talented, they do have better depth. And this kind of confuses me a little bit because, in my opinion, the running back room, if i looking at this correctly, is completely based off the entirety of the running back room itself and not, say, just one or two players. And if that's the case, and South Carolina has better depth, then with the players I've already mentioned, can you really tell me that there are 11 running back rooms in the SEC that are better than South Carolina? And then you look at Lindy's sports comment on the running back room and their subsequent rankings, saying, quote, the position has surprising depth despite losing their top two rushers, end quote. The same exact kind of comment that Phil Steele made in his magazine. And yet, Lindy Sports has South Carolina's running back room ranked even worse, saying that they're the second worst running back room in the conference ahead of only Missouri in their magazine. So you may be wondering, why is this the case? Why is it that Phil Steele and Lindy Sports are so down on South Carolina's running back room? Well, in my opinion, the answer is pretty simple, and it relies on two different factors. First of all, it relies just strictly on perception. And listen, I know that I've hammered home the perception factor in a few other videos I've already done up to this point since I became the host of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, but I cannot emphasize this enough, y'all. These national analysts and pundits and, quite frankly, college football critics, basically, they are not going to give South Carolina the benefit of the doubt until South Carolina continues to exceed their expectation levels to a point where they finally have to sit there and say, well, dang, I mean, South Carolina just keeps on doing better than I think they're going to do year in and year out. So I have no choice but to give them some respect and to just go ahead and assume that they're going to be just fine, that they're going to be one of the better teams, or in this case, units in the SEC. And the thing is, Last year, South Carolina's rushing attack just didn't get the job done. As the rushing attack ranked 11th in the SEC in rushing yards per game, averaging 137.2 yards rushing per game. And then, with yards per carry, they also ranked 11th in the SEC, averaging 3.8 yards per carry. So, that alone is going to automatically make a lot of people who, again, no offense to Phil Steele or any of the people over at Lindy Sports, I'm sure that both 
news publications do their part and try to make sure that they do their research so that they're not just spouting comments out there that don't make any sense to the fans of that particular fan base. But I have to say, when you look at stats like this, it's very easy to potentially create conclusions automatically without really doing the homework on all of the individual players that that team has in that running back group. And I definitely think that this could be a case where the lack of a rushing attack last season definitely is hurting the running back room's perception going into this season, along with the simple fact that South Carolina did lose two running backs to the NFL in Zaquandre White and Kevin Harris. You've also got the offensive line and the carryover effect from their play this past season. Listen, at this point, Sacramento fans, we all understand. If this team is going to make a jump this next season, a part of that leap has to be because of improved offensive line play. Last season, this offensive line obviously had its really, really, really bad moments more often than it probably did good. And it's part of the reason why For a certain stretch of the 2021 season, Kevin Harris had five straight games where he did not rush for more than 50 yards, which considering what Kevin Harris did in 2021, if you told any South Carolina fan that this would have happened last year, it would have absolutely stunned them. And they probably would have called you a bold-faced liar straight to your face. And because of all of this, you combine that with, again, the overall numbers from the running back room this past season And then compound that with the perception of South Carolina as, you know, well, they're a team that's improving. They're a team that's getting better. They're punching above their weight. But let's be honest, South Carolina is just not going to be a threat to any of the Blue Bloods in the SEC East or Clemson or Arkansas or Texas A&M. I, of course, again, I I reiterate, I am not saying that myself, but let's be honest. That's what a lot of national analysts and pundits think of South Carolina right now. And so because of that, I think that the running back position based off of what happened last season is really truthfully, they're just getting unfairly judged because of, again, what happened in one season, which does not automatically mean is going to be the same case this next season, which is what I'm going to get into in just a few moments and why I think they will exceed the expectations of both Phil Steele and Lindy Sports and probably a lot of other pundits and analysts. Before I do that, I have a quick message for my friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including college football and NFL futures, regular season Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, in my opinion, why do I think this running back room is going to be much better this next season? Well, I'll start off with a simple factor. For a lot of these guys that are in the running back room, this is going to be their second year in Marcus Satterfield's offense. And again, as I mentioned earlier, there's no question that last year, the offensive line's poor play had an effect on the rushing attack. And 
I think that a part of that was definitely because of a lack of playbook knowledge. And the fact that Marcus Satterfield likes to run a pro-style system, that definitely complicates everything from the pre-snap calls that the quarterback is making to the protection calls that the center, in this case, Eric Douglas, is making to the offensive line. It complicates the language and everything that goes along with that from a communication standpoint. And that had a really big impact on making sure that guys were actually blocking the correct way, making sure they had their right, making sure that they were going after the right guy. And because of that, we saw poor numbers out of the running back room. So playbook knowledge, first and foremost, that is definitely going to help this running back room this season. The second reason why this running back room is going to be better than expected this season. I think that this running back room, the one thing that really sticks out to me is the variety of skill sets that this running back room has. You look at Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Lloyd is a runner who, he might not blow you away with like 4-3 or 4-4 speed, but he's a solid enough runner from a speed perspective. He is extremely explosive from an agility standpoint, can juke or spin move any defender out of their cleats. We saw this in the spring game. He was a five-star recruit for a reason coming out of high school. He's coming off of an ACL injury that he suffered two years ago, last year recovering from it mentally after the physical recovery from that injury. He's going to be a much better running back. You look at Christian Bill Smith. You watch his film from when he played at Wake Forest. Christian Bill Smith is going to be, again, a running back that is going to take a lunch pail and a working helmet, in this case, his football helmet, to every single football game and is going to grind out bull yards or yards after contact. He is going to be somebody that is going to really test front seven defenders with how hard he runs, the patience that he has with running the football, which is something that he learned from running the slow mesh concept and Wake Forest offense during his time there under Warren Ruggio. And you combine all of that, he is going to be the workhorse running back. He is a guy that fits the bill of a power back and has the build of a power back as well. And then you look at running backs like Juju McDowell and Little Turbo, Dante Miller. Both of these cats are track stars. I'm telling you, 4-2-5 to 4-3-5 40-yard dash-like speed. Listen, could you imagine seeing both of these guys out there on the field at the same time and the nightmares that could give a defensive coordinator when they have no idea who's going to get the football between those two, but both of them can touch the football and literally take it all the way down the field for a touchdown in just one play. They both have that kind of game-breaking ability. And yes, while they might not be able to run in between the tackles like maybe Christian Bill Smith or even Love C.A. Carroll and Marshawn Lloyd, both of these guys, you get them to the edge, you get them out in space, you have guys that are blocking in front of them, and you get them a chance to showcase their speed. These are guys that can score, again, on any given play against any defense. You look at Love C.A. Carroll, he's got a little bit of both Christian Bill Smith and probably a... Juju McDowell, he doesn't have the same speed and he's not maybe built and has the same upper body strength of Christian Bill Smith, but he's got both of those mixed together. He's a very fast running back, in my opinion, probably about 4-4 speed, and he's got some solid muscular build to his upper body and lower body, and he is very quick, and once he sees the hole, he hits the hole hard and he takes off. And before you know it, he's 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. He is a guy that can go out there, get the other running backs a breather, and 
Still, there not be very much of a drop-off from a talent standpoint. I reiterate, he was the 116th best prospect in the country coming out of the 2021 recruiting class, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. This is a guy that has talent, and he's definitely athletic enough to where, again, Georgia could not help but try to find a way to help him see the field early while he was there, so they had to move him to cornerback. This is a guy that in a couple years could very well be the starting running back for South Carolina, and he's going to be a problem for opposing defenses. And then you got Rashad Amos. He is a guy that, again, he runs hard. He is very good with his ball carrier vision, and he has shown flashes in both the spring game and in a couple games back in the 2020 COVID-19 shortened season. So my bottom line is this. This is a running back room that legitimately has six different running backs who could go out there at any given play during a game and take a snap back there, and they're not going to be faced by it because they all have played major college football. This is a running back room that, in my opinion, is potentially the deepest it has been in a very long time. And even as I referenced earlier from Phil Steele and Lendy Sports Magazines, they both agree that this running back room has more depth than it did last year. And listen, with the variety of skill sets this running back room has, the other thing that I think will be to their benefit is the roles are going to be defined. This is a running back room that had to deal with a first-year coaching staff last year with Shane Beamer, head coach, with Marcus Satterfield, an offensive coordinator, and then with Mario Hardesty, at running backs coach. So because of all that, these coaches were just getting to know these players and how to utilize them. Now this year, again, half of these running backs have experience with this coaching staff. This coaching staff is going to have a better understanding of how to utilize their skills for particular concepts, for particular down and distances, particular short yardage, maybe special situations like being in the red zone, third and short, you name it. These coaches are going to have a better idea of what running back should go in at what time. And again, I think that is only to this rushing attack's benefit. So you might be wondering, where specifically do I think this South Carolina running back room could finish in terms of the rest of the SEC with the overall rushing stats? Well, as I mentioned earlier, this is, of course, going to depend on the offensive line. The offensive line has over 100 combined starts to their name heading into this season, but obviously they had their struggles last year in the system. But with everything I've mentioned earlier, more time in this system, more familiarity with the coaches, better understanding of the language and terminology in the offense, the variety of skill sets with this, these running backs. This is a rushing attack, in my opinion, that could finish in the top half of the SEC. Yes, top seven in this conference. And in my opinion, with Spencer Rattler at quarterback and the talent we have at tight end and wide receiver, that would be more than good enough to make this an offense that all of a sudden takes a big jump in scoring that maybe averages around 30 points per game, maybe even more than that, and makes defenses have to legitimately worry about South Carolina when they see them coming up on the schedule. So in my opinion, this running back room, it's not getting enough respect. It's not getting talked about enough. And I think that there's going to be some people at the end of the next season that are going to look back and they're going to say, wow, I really missed the mark on this South Carolina running back room. I truly believe that. And if that is the case, then this offense, the sky is the limit with Spencer Rattler at quarterback, the immense talent that he's got, the experience up front, and 
Just like the running backs, the variety of skill sets that the tight ends and wide receivers will have out wide when going out for passing plays and blocking on rushing plays. So that is going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. If you want constant updates on everything that is going on with South Carolina Gamecock Sports, you can feel free to follow me at A-Line underscore SC. And be sure to subscribe and click the bell so that you will not miss future alerts and notifications on when we have anything like a big commitment in football. Or if you just want to talk about maybe some hypotheticals like I did at today's show, you can also listen to this wherever you listen to your audio podcast. If it's Odyssey, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you name it, the show is probably going to be on it. So be sure that you are following one of those apps if you are not already. So again, you will not miss any news and updates. But once again, thank you all for listening to today's show. I hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks Podcast.